Welcome back to Bringing the Heat Podcast. It's me again, this time, well, I should say again by myself. Um, it's been a little bit since we've uploaded our last podcast. It's Last week was a crazy week. We had a ridiculous amount of snow, and it was like 10 degree temperature, so uh, because of that, I didn't go to work because where I work, we don't work when uh, when the weather's like that. So my, I was in charge of my son because my wife had work. And so I was just – obviously, it's really hard to record a podcast with a one-year-old. So um, that's why it took us a while. And then I was gone over the weekend, so it was tough. So here I am. So I didn't really get to make any predictions on the Super Bowl or talk about a lot, but it kind of gave me some time to, to get some material. So uh, since our last podcast, though, a ton of stuff has happened, um, especially with just bringing the heat in general. Um, we've got our own website now. So if you want, check that out. Um, it's Wix, bringing the heat. You can find it. Uh, it's on our our, um, our Twitter page. So you can check it out on there. Um, and so we started to do blogs. So, so far I've written two blogs. Um, we've, we've actually added a golf section. So shout out to leave the pin in. Um, he is someone that I've known for a while. He's a, he's really big into golf, knows uh, a lot of golf individuals, um, pro golfers. He's worked with some, some pro golfers and he just, that's, you know, his love and passion. He loves it. So, um, He's on the Bringing the Heat um, squad now, we'll say, and he, he's he been doing great blogs. I mean, his stuff is really, really good, so if you're into golf, check that out. Plus, it kind of um, widens what, what we have. So, you know, myself, I really only follow football, baseball, and um, MMA, so it now allows us to expand into golf, which people love golf, so he's actually going to either on the second episode this week or the first episode next week, he's going to be giving us an interview that he did with somebody and that'll be on our episode. Um, and it's either the next one or the one after that. So he's doing the interview and then he's going to send it to me and we will put it on our podcast here. So, and if it starts doing well and people really enjoy it, then we will, um, I, I would eventually like to have him have his own, like it could be bringing the heat, uh, leave the pin in. So his will be strictly about golf. But we're going to start with just uploading the interviews on here. So like we've had baseball interviews so far. Uh, I'd like to try to get a, a football uh, interview or two. Um, it just so happens we know more baseball players. And then, uh, but now we're going to have golf as well. So kind of trying to expand it. So um, it's been pretty cool. Uh, the, the blogs have kind of taken off and we're just getting people from all avenues trying just to expand and, and make it uh, try to hit a wider audience. So um, it's kind of a lot of people have enjoyed it, uh, the blogs and, and stuff like that. So we kind of have a big picture of what we want to do. Uh, we really want to try to kind of attract a, a wide range of um, audiences and then just, you know, eventually maybe put out some shirts and do things like that. But kind of just taking it one step at a time. But it's so far just adding the golf alone has really helped us uh, kind of get more views and, and get a new audience. And that audience is so already on Twitter, so active in um, 
ask or following us and liking the things that we do. So it's been pretty cool to see just how having that new audience um, listen to us and and they like it. So um, I'm trying to do the same. I'm trying to get someone for hockey and and just kind of like I said, just so we're one big sports podcast, but also with the blogs as well. So we all just do it all together. And, and so far, I think it's started to work out really well um, in the short amount of time. I mean, the website's only been up for a week, but the blogs have had pretty good reviews and, and a good amount of reads. Um, <clears throat> so going into sports, uh, a ton of stuff has happened. So first off, I'm going to start with MMA because uh, we don't – there was there was only that one card um, this weekend. So – on Saturday, uh, there was the main event was Marlon uh, Moraes versus uh, Asuncao, and that was a rematch they had fought before. Great fight, um, but Marlon Moraes has become a force. That guy is absolutely just, and I'm not a big fan of him. I don't like the way that he uh, shit talks, but uh, it's pretty amazing what he's done so he lost to Sun Sal the first time via decision and he just came out and he's just so well-rounded now he's got crazy power and then uh being able to I mean he finished him off with a submission uh he's just you know he's really kind of developed into a, one of the more well-rounded uh fighters in the UFC in my opinion and and I think he really would give TJ Dillashaw a run for his money I think that he poses a severe threat to Dillashaw in the title. And, you know, he kind of shit-talked Dillashaw saying that uh, Dillashaw doesn't deserve to fight him. But ultimately, Dillashaw's a champ. And I think Marais is the is the number one. In my opinion, I think he's the best contender in that division. He's looked unstoppable. He's absolutely been, he's been on a crazy run, and he's really just manhandled the people that he's fought against uh, so far. So it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, what he has done and and that fight the whole card really the whole card uh on saturday was was brilliant um let's see what else i'm trying to go back and look at what we, i know that the the co-main event um we had aldo uh that was that was pretty uh impressive you know aldo obviously a legend he's looked he's looked great uh, in his last two fights, uh, you know, it sucks because, you know, he was truthfully McGregor or uh, Aldo was the GOAT for a while. He was the greatest pound for pound, in my opinion, uh, pound for pound fighter in the world. And, you know, that fight against McGregor kind of, I would say it threw him back a little bit. And I think it kind of messed with his head a little bit. And it sucks because, you know, he was great to watch and he was just insane. Again, another well-rounded Brazilian guy. And, um, you know, he's looked great, though. Uh, I think it sucks because he never did get that rematch against McGregor, which I think he deserved, be, just because he held his own in that division for so long. And then to not get that um, that rematch against McGregor, you know, it, it does suck. But, you know, I think a lot of people viewed Aldo as kind of that was his turning point. So he had already plateaued and, you know, he's kind of going downhill again. And he said that he's got two now two fights left on his contract he wants to finish them off and retire. So he's not real, real old, but he's been at it for so long. I mean, that was his 32nd professional fight. So 32 fights is a lot. 
and the guy's been at it for so long, he really has accomplished everything. So he's got two more fights on his contract, and he says he's done. He said he doesn't want to fight for a title because that would extend his contract naturally. So he said it'd be great to retire a champion, but he's not He's not willing to extend um, extend his contract. He wants to be done after two fights. So uh, that was the co-main event. Uh, Damian Maya, guy's freaking ageless, all right, got the back, rear naked choke, his specialty. Uh, finished off good. Uh, great fight. Maya is a legend. Uh, will he ever be a champion? He thinks he can still compete for a, ch- for a title. I just think uh, that division has... I mean, Tyron Woodley is a beast. And I honestly have a hard time seeing Woodley losing at all. I mean, he's going to fight Usman here soon. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, he's... He's freaking been... Tyron Woodley is just a tank. He's one of my favorite fighters. He's so smart. So I, I just have a hard time seeing Maya climbing up those ranks. And if he did, I have a hard time seeing him winning. Um, Oliveira, he continues to win. Guy's a beast. He won by Anaconda Choke. The Johnny Walker fight was crazy. Johnny Walker is a freaking animal. So he won in the first round, 15 seconds. Uh, the spinning back fist or whatever that called him. That was... Johnny Walker's a problem. He's gonna be he's gonna be really 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 good. It's uh, was that? I'm trying to see. All right, that's a light heavyweight. So again, that's gonna be that'll be a little tough because you know the light light heavyweight division has a lot of decent fighter. Well, actually, that's not really true. I think Gustafson was the best light heavyweight. So I mean, Johnny Walker has, is quickly putting himself into uh, one of the one of the premier guys in that division. I would like to see him get a pretty high-ranked opponent next because I think his finishes have been so impressive and see how he does um, because I, I think if Jones goes out, handles Smith, and makes Smith kind of beats him kind of in an embarrassing fashion, I would like to see Walker face Smith because I think that's I, I really do think highly of Johnny Walker. I mean the guy is a physical specimen uh, alone, and, and, and Lede is no pushover. So... I mean, he's he was nine and nine and one going into that fight. So, but Walker improves to sixteen and three. Um, the Froda fight, she was freaking seven pounds overweight. That's embarrassing. Uh, she lost. Uh, prelims. The Max Griffin Tiago Alves uh, fight was probably, in my opinion, the fight of the night. And I think Griffin was a little upset by the decision because he lost, but. He owned the first round, and it looked like he was going to finish Alves. I mean, and then Alves was saved by the bell, but Alves came out and just worked him. And it looked like Griffin had some uh, issues with his legs, but he absolutely worked him for the majority of the second and third rounds. So I think that was a that was a good decision on the judges' parts. Um, Nurmaga Medoff, uh, no, not Habib. Uh, it's actually his cousin. He won by spinning a back kick right to the stomach of Ramos, dropped him, and that was it. I mean, there was other fights on that card, but those were were the main ones that I was looking at, and it was a really good card. I mean, you couldn't have asked for any more. Lots of knockouts, um, good submissions, uh, and it was it was a it was entertaining. There was not one boring fight. It was honestly a uh, very uh, entertaining fight. Uh, oh, the other the other one was uh, here, Rosen Rosen Struick. Um, he absolutely destroyed Albini uh in the second round uh with a kick 
good combo. That guy looks like he could be a problem at well as well at the heavyweight division. He's a big dude, but his combos are sick because he was he had like sixty some or seventy some professional kickboxing fights. It might have even been up in the eighties. Uh, so the guy is, I mean, his hands are incredible, and along with his uh, just combos with kicks and punches. So if he can figure out the ground game stuff, uh, he. I mean, again, he's he's very raw yet. He's got a lot of work to do as far as MMA is concerned with the takedowns and everything else. But, you know, once Cormier retires, that heavyweight division besides Stipe is kind of watered down. You got Stipe, Blades, uh, Nganu. But those guys, I mean, they don't uh, – Stipe to me will be the champ unless Jones goes up and takes the belt from Cormier or who knows. So that'll be interesting. So the heavyweight division, you know, if if any time to be a fighter, try to break into MMA, I would say heavyweight division is the way, the way to do it because to me, I think that's the one of the weaker divisions in uh, the UFC right now. So, um, and then this weekend we have Whitaker and Gastelum, but we're not going. I won't do my predictions on that. We'll do my. I'll do my predictions later on. Uh, in the second episode of the week, because um, we will do two episodes this week. So moving on to baseball, um, Machado Harper still not signed. Um, I don't know. I, I'm at the point now where it's like, holy hell, how long are we gonna have to wait for these guys to get signed? I mean, it's insane. Uh, it's it seemed like. Harper was going to go to the Phillies. The talks seemed to intensify, and everyone was predicting Harper was going to sign that Friday or last Friday, and it didn't happen. So uh, it's a it's a weird situation. It seems Machado just isn't getting the deal he wants. I mean, he really went into this free agency thinking he was going to get a three hundred million dollar contract, and I don't think that he or Harper. I know Harper has gotten close to to three hundred million, or has gotten at least from the Nats, and apparently the Nats upped their offer. But it seems like Machado is not getting that love. And to me, I think Machado is the better player um, out of the two, in my honest opinion. But uh, it, it's incredible. I thought there would be teams chomping at the bit, which they were. They, they were quick to talk to him, but they have not offered him what he wants. And a lot of people are saying that the Yankees are holding, holding out to see uh, if you know other teams don't go up in their offers, the Yankees might sweep in and, and offer him the most, but still not be close to $300 million. Um, I just don't see the Yankees signing him. I don't. And I'm at the point now with them that I, I, I'm i not upset that they're not going to sign him. I've talked about it before. I think they filled the, the holes that they had on their team well. And I think that going into the season, in my opinion, not only because I'm a Yankee fan, but I think that they, on paper, are a better team than the Red Sox, strictly just based on starting pitching and bullpen alone um again red sox got mookie betts jd martinez but the yankees got stanton judge sanchez um you know dd when he comes back uh obviously question marks on Voight, but the yankees have have a good lineup as well so i don't see the yankees going out and get machado I, i mean it wouldn't hurt but in my honest opinion they don't need him uh francisco liriano goes back to the pirates you know so that means he's probably going to win like 10 games out of the bullpen and be a stud because it seems like whenever someone goes to Pittsburgh that – I mean Liriano was in Pittsburgh before and had success. So 
I can honestly see him going there and being really, really good because that's just what happens. I mean, if Sonny Gray would have went to the freaking Pirates, he would have been a stud. But uh, Sonny Gray is, is a red, by the way. I don't think we talked about that either, but he's no longer with the Yankees. I think I did say that in the last podcast. He went to the Reds, which we all knew he wasn't going to be back in uh, New York anyway. <clears throat> so that's really it for, for baseball. There isn't uh, – only other thing is Neil Walker, again, former Yankee. Uh, he went to the Marlins, which, you know, Marlins can't really lose on that. Walker, even though he didn't play extremely well in New York, versatile guy, can play different positions, swing it from both sides of the plate. So – you know, he didn't have to wait as long to get his contract this year. So uh, then going on to football, because that's really it for baseball. There hasn't been much. Um, Bengals officially hire Zach Taylor. Uh, and the Dolphins, after the Super Bowl yesterday, finally hired Brian Flores. Um, and the Giants released Connor Barwin after one season, which we kind of already um, – Knew was going to happen. But going to the Super Bowl. <clears throat> um, all right. Well, before I go to the Super Bowl, I'll give my opinion on that. Let's just go over the, the yearly awards. So Patrick Mahomes won MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Obviously well-deserved. I mean, Patrick Mahomes absolutely took over the NFL and took the NFL by storm. 50 touchdowns, um, some of the most incredible throws from the left-handed throw to the underhand tosses to, like, slinging it across your body. Like, things that you we haven't seen really before in the NFL, especially, like, the arm slot. Like, he's thrown from different arm slots. So he's just looked incredible. And he was – to me, I would have loved to see Drew Brees win it because I love Drew Brees. I do. I, I've been a Drew Brees fan for as long as I've loved football and he's been around because he's always kind of been that underdog because of his size. And then he had the shoulder injury where he, people didn't think he'd ever be the same. And he's just, he's a legend, you know, he, to me, he's in that kind like he's in that conversation with, with Brady Manning, you know, and then Favre, Rogers, Breeze, like he's in that conversation. Obviously Tom Brady has cemented himself as the greatest, greatest to me, athlete of all time. Uh, he has solidified he's greater, he's better than Jordan, he's better than LeBron. What he's doing in football is so much harder than what Jordan did in basketball because we've seen guys do close to what Jordan has done as far as, you know, like LeBron's been to find so many finals and, and stuff like that. But football, is, I've said it this over and over again, I've said it in other podcasts, there's such a high turnover rate in football. Teams are always changing. Players are retiring so much younger, and and teams are getting rid of quarterbacks so much sooner, and and things like that. That it's made it so much that much more incredible to what the, the Patriots have done. Plus, they've been doing it for so long, and football has changed so much from 2001 when they won that first Super Bowl to 2019 when they won this Super Bowl. Things the, the game of football has changed so much in that time and they've adjusted to it and adapted to it so well that it's like, how can you even question it? I mean, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are two, like we've seen now, we get, we've gotten to witness the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football. And we've got to witness the greatest coach ever, to ever coach football 
do his thing. We both we've got to see the great, and they are the greatest dynasty ever in all of sports. And I I honestly feel it will be an extremely long time until we see somebody do what they did and what they are doing, really what they are doing, because Tom Brady is not going anywhere. Tom Brady plans to play. I could see Brady playing until he's 45. I don't know about 50. I think 50 is kind of steep because we've even seen – I mean he, he didn't play extremely well in that Super Bowl, but Tom Brady has is can easily play until he is 45 in my honest opinion. But going back to the awards, Mahomes obviously well-deserved uh, and definitely – it's it'll be interesting to see they they actually opened up in Vegas as the favorite to win the Super Bowl um uh with six to one odds I believe so Chiefs opened up the betting polls already again it's so early but as the favorite to to win the Super Bowl this year and then Darius Leonard won uh defensive rookie of the year which again well deserved the fact he didn't make the pro bowl was crazy but he wasn't all pro i think he had like 160 some tackles which is absolutely absurd for a rookie so he won uh offense or defensive rookie of the year saquon oh and not to mention darius leonard like totally helped not that i mean with andrew luck back and then darius leonard like that team those two players completely flipped that team like upside down it was crazy like they've totally they totally like changed the atmosphere of that team and the colts are going to be a problem. I think they need to add some weapons. T.Y. Hilton's not getting any younger. I think they could add a receiver or two. Um, I think they have to upgrade the tight end position because Doyle has gotten injured a decent amount. Oh, well, they got Ebron. I can't forget about Ebron. But um, so the Colts were were really really impressive, and then the offensive rookie of the year, which you know a lot of people kind of didn't really know. Who was going to be? Was it going to be Baker or was it going to be Saquon? I mean, those were your two. To me, I mean, it's tough because Baker had a really, really good year. Um, but at the same time, Saquon is just so dynamic. I mean, the guy, whenever he touches the ball, can go 100 yards. He can catch it. I mean, he's hurtling guys. He's He's got elusiveness and power. So just really, really hard to, to go against that. And so... I think Saquon definitely deserved it. I mean, thousand-yard rusher. He caught a ton of passes, scored touch. I mean, he was he was the best player on their team because with Odell being hurt again, um, he definitely uh, deserved the rookie of the year. And also, I'm kind of partial to Saquon because he is also a guy that's semi-local. I mean, 30 minutes away from from where I grew up, 30, 40 minutes. So. Um, you know, good for him. It's it's really nice, and his speech was pretty good. It was humble to the point, and and so he seen he's genuinely seems like a good dude, and uh, you know, it's 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 pretty cool. You know, he, and he went out and just I mean, he dominated, and a lot of people had um, thought that he wasn't going to do well because Penn State doesn't always produce the best running backs, and and you know, a lot of people have a hard time taking a running back in the first round when you can get a guy undrafted or draft him in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round, and they do just as well. But to me, when you have that, to me, you know, Saquon is in that category of Ezekiel Elliott and and guys like that and, and Todd Gurley. And so to me, you know, those guys are guys that you draft in the first round because you know that they're going to be hints. You could, you could just tell by the way Saquon, you know, played in college. You know, he's just a generational talent. I mean, guys don't just run and and, and do those things the way he does, you know, 
without being no like he is a stud and you can just tell by watching his tapes in college you know so i think that you know that that was a really really good uh rookie of the year but again it could have easily went to baker baker had himself a very good year with a team that you, you know you they're 0 and 16 and they come out and he played well and he, he didn't turn the ball over a ton um, and he, you know, he made his receivers around him really good. He's got Jarvis Landry and Joku. And I think that, you know, the Browns add another weapon or so they're going to be, I can see the the Browns kind of running the AFC North for a while because I think that, uh, I just think that the, the Steelers are on the downhill. Roethlisberger's getting older. Um, the whole Brown situation, which I think he'll ultimately end back uh, in Pittsburgh just because he things seem to be calming down a little bit and the players have said they will welcome him back so I think Antonio Brown ultimately will end up back in Pittsburgh um but I losing Le'Veon Bell to me isn't a huge issue for Pittsburgh because I really like Connor but I just think you know they're just getting older I mean the team's getting older the players around them are getting older I mean I think they've drafted pretty well with TJ Watt and and Connor and Juju and I mean uh, they they've drafted well to replace that, but I also think Tomlin is a shit coach. I really do. I think he's a shit coach. I think he's kind of like a Jason Garrett. He's a puppet. Um, to, I just watch him play and or play. I watch him coach, and it just seems like he doesn't do anything. Like I feel like he's not calling plays. He's, he doesn't read a defense. Like he's kind of just the guy. Like he's just there. Um, the Super Bowl he won, he won that by inheriting uh, Cowers team. Like in my honest opinion, I don't think that Tomlin is is a very good coach, and I think that if they want their offense to flourish, they kind of have to do what these other teams are doing, and and you know take an a offensive minded uh, coach or or approach. But at the same time, I say that, and really, defense won that Super Bowl uh, last night. So and and de- and defense won the playoff games going into that Super Bowl to get those teams into that Super Bowl. So I say that uh, the offensive-minded thing, but at the same time, you know, defense was a big part of of those playoffs after really the first round. So um, I don't know. It's it's a difficult situation, but in my eyes, I don't think Tomlin brings defense or offense, really. I think, again, like he's more like a puppet like Jason Garrett. I mean, that was the other – another news is Jason Garrett – you know, not going to be extended, which thank God. I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, you've got to be saying it's about damn time. I mean, Garrett's been there forever, and again, he's there because he is a puppet. Jerry Jones is the one that that runs everything on that team, and Garrett, you know, says yes, sir, to everything. So, in my opinion, if you're a Cowboys fan, it's about time. But at the same time, you hope that that Jones hires somebody who is going to take that team to the next level because the Cowboys are a young team. If you really look at them, they are a young team with Dax Young, Zeke's young, uh, Amari Cooper's young. Uh, they got Van Der Esch, who's young. Uh, Jalen Smith is young. Their corners are young. Like Their whole team is, is pretty young for the most part. So uh, the Cowboys have a bright future, but it's kind of hard to, to kind of make that future a, a reality when – you know their coach is kind of holding them back, and and their owner is holding them back because Jerry Jones again likes to just you know he likes to be the puppet master and kind of dictate everything that's happening rather than hiring a good coach like the Kellen Moore thing like Kellen Moore was the backup for the Cowboys 
And then all of a sudden, he it gets hurt, decides he's going to retire. But as he's retiring, he gets named the quarterback's coach. And after one year of quarterback's coach, no coaching experience really. He's the offensive coordinator now. Like that's that's interesting. It's a lot different than than what we've seen before. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that unfolds as well. Um, and then going back to the awards, the defensive player of the year. So we, we said offensive player of the year and MVP was Mahomes. We've said that Darius Leonard was a defensive rookie uh, and uh, Saquon was the offensive rookie. Um, Aaron Donald, defensive player of the year. We all knew that was going to happen. That, that wasn't even a question. All right, Khalil Mack came in second, and I'm a Bears fan, and I'm here to tell you that Khalil Mack's season wasn't even close to Donald's. Donald had himself a ridiculous year. Um, the guy is a tank. There was a picture of him on Twitter with his shirt off flexing. That guy is absolutely massive. He kind of looks a little chunky with his pads on. That dude is huge, all right? And and he wasn't as disruptive in the Super Bowl, but he was still getting pressure on Brady, and, and he is fun to watch. The guy is an animal. Every penny that he got, well-deserved. And I'm, that's not a knock on Khalil Mack. Like, Khalil Mack is also, in my opinion, a great, great player, obviously. He, he tra- helped transform that Bears defense. But Aaron Donald is just – you know, I think they're, they're close – but Aaron Donald, I mean, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. He's already been an All-Pro four to the five years he's in the league, I think. Like, the guy is freaking nuts. He's an absolute animal. Um, what other awards here? Or, or the NFL Play of the Year was uh, the Miami Marlins play against the Patriots. Obviously, I mean, once that play happened, you knew that was going to win play of the year. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's like something that you see once every couple of years. So that was uh, pretty sick. Andrew Luck, comeback player of the year. Again, that was a toss-up between him and J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt was an all-pro again this year after having two pretty injury-plagued seasons. But Andrew Luck wins that, in my opinion. His his injuries were so significant, people didn't think he would be able to throw a football again. So he able he was able to come back and um you know, he threw it well. The guy was was an absolute stud uh this year. And again, I, as I said before, him and Darius Leonard really kinda helped that team get to where they were and I, I think they have a huge um future in, in uh, Indianapolis because again team is younger their offensive line Quentin Nelson is an absolute animal so their line is good luck doesn't have to worry about getting hit as much um, I think they just need to add some weapons I think they need to get I like Marlon Mack but I think that I think Le'Veon Bell would be great there um, along with uh, they need to get a big-time receiver in my honest opinion uh, T.Y. Hilton is a huge playmaker but again he's getting older um, so they need to they need to go out and get another guy. So so Hilton doesn't have to. They don't have to force the ball to him. They got Ebron who had a great year. They got Hilton now. Go out and get another uh, receiver, and I think that they will be back in the playoffs next year, especially in that division. Um, and then coach of the year, my guy Matt Nagy. Um, it was between him and Anthony Lynn, in my opinion. Um, Could have went either way, but first year. Matt Nagy in the league comes in and absolutely just, you know, he kind of flipped, flipped, 
football around, I think, a little bit. I mean, he he came out, totally changed. You know, he, he integrated college and the NFL offense. Like, he put them both together and came up with some masterpieces. I mean, Mitch Trubisky is not the best quarterback. I've watched him play. He's inaccurate um, at times. They don't have – they really don't have huge playmakers on that team. I mean, Taylor Gabriel is very good. Allen Robinson's very good. I like Anthony Miller. I like Burton. But those guys are all, you know, they're good players, but they're not they're not Antonio Brown and they're not DeAndre Hopkins, you know. But, you know, Matt Nagy made that team incredible. I mean, the defense was great. We all knew the defense was going to be good, but he flipped that offense so fast. I mean, just just like that. That that offense was they were a problem. They were putting up a decent amount of points a game. Um, so, I mean, it was really – it's been really awesome to see how – and, and the, a team that hadn't made the playoffs in 10 years, 10-plus 10 years. And then the first year you're there, they go, what, 12-4 and four or 13-3 and three or whatever, 12-4. Um, so, I mean, you flip that fast. I mean, easily, easily coach of the year. Again, Anthony, Anthony Lynn close second, but – the Chargers also have more weapons, and they've been a decent team. They've had that good defense uh, the last couple of years, and Phillip Rivers has been good. You know, they had that. They didn't have a question mark at quarterback. The, Mitch Trubisky was still a question mark because he was kind of handcuffed last season under John Fox's offense. So, like, this was his year to flourish. And so it is exciting to be a Bears fan. I just hope, and I've said it, I said it after they lost in the playoffs, I just hope they don't take that step back because now there is more film and more information on Matt Nagy that I don't, I hope they don't, they don't make that step backwards. I hope that he can come out, make, keep being innovative, make more innovative, innovative plays and, and develop Trubisky even more and keep progressing. I hope they don't regress, which we've seen before, you know, after one good year together, you kind of, after the film and, and everything gets out, you know, it's not as hard to defend it. You have the film on it. You can see what the tendencies are. So I hope that he continues to be innovative and do things differently. Um, but just moving on to my my last point here, just talk about the Super Bowl quick. Um, first off, most boring damn Super Bowl I've ever seen. Uh, the Super Bowl was super boring. Um, it was just miserable. Like it didn't even – first off, it was a close game. But it felt like a blowout. Like it never felt like that game was close. Like after the the, the Patriots kicked the first field goal and you saw how hard it was for the Rams to move the football, especially I thought in this – I was like, okay, maybe they'll start being some fireworks in the second half. But once you saw in the second half that the Rams didn't make any adjustments and couldn't move the football, it felt like that game was over from the start of the second half. Like it was crazy, and the Patriots were moving the football, but they just couldn't really—they couldn't finish them. They couldn't finish the drives, um, and and Goskowski missed that first field goal. But they've really just—they—it it almost felt like it was like a thirty-five nothing game, and it wasn't. It was a close game the whole time, and finished a close game, but it just felt like—and and then after Gronkowski made that catch, like you could just see the wind was just sucked right the life was just sucked right out of the rams like it was just it was insane i mean i've never seen and tom brady didn't look good that's what's even crazier like the rams defense played so well 
they got that interception early and, and just and part of that is McVeigh. I mean, I think he wait he kind of moved away from what the Rams were good at. They didn't they were a really good play action team throughout the season and they didn't run many play action plays. Um and then it just seemed like did I think part of that is because they didn't run the ball enough. Like they ran the ball I think it was 18 times total. I think Gurley got 11 carries and Anderson got seven. And you run the ball 18 times for like 50 yards or 60 yards, maybe 70. It was just they didn't run the ball enough in my opinion. And when Gurley is your best player, I love Brandon Cooks, but Gurley is your best player, potential MVP candidate. Um, He's your best player and you don't. You don't get you give them the ball eleven times, like so. In my opinion, there has to be an underlying issue there because they're saying it's the knee, but he's saying that he was a hundred percent fine. They're saying he's a hundred percent fine. He, you know, practiced in full, was going hard in practice, seemed fine, and then all of a sudden, you know, the last the week before the, the game before the Super Bowl in the AFC or NFC Championship game, he barely touched the ball. And then the Super Bowl, you say you're gonna, he's gonna be the focal point, and he touches it eleven times. So to me, there's got to be some, either he's really hurt, or there's an underlying issue that they're trying to keep hush, because it's very, very odd to me that he only touched the ball eleven times. And the eleven carries he had, three or four of them looked like they were gonna break big and possibly go for a touchdown, seventy yard touchdown, and then they just stopped giving him the ball. So it was very, very odd uh, to me in that opinion or in, in that aspect. And then they just didn't throw the ball well. I mean, the Patriots defense locked down those receivers for the most part. I mean, I think Brandon Cook's not catching that touchdown ultimately sucks because that was a catchable ball, would have tied the game. Um, but you know, you can't catch everything. That's just the way it is. Um, it was tough catch, double coverage, guys, you know, fighting uh, your hands as you're trying to catch the ball. So it's not easy, but you know, they just, it seemed like cooks was the only guy that could get open on occasion. I mean, woods was basically non-existent. Um, it was, it was tough, tough sledding for the Rams. I mean, but that's why bill Belichick is the greatest. He's the best defensive mind in the game. He basically approached that game. And, and I read this somewhere else too. They basically played that game, the Patriots defense rather, played that game like the Bears played the Rams. You know, you put golf in a tough situation where he has to make a split decision or get the ball out quick. He he gets flustered and he throws the ball up like he did on that last that pick at the end by Gilmore. Um he does not do well under pressure. And to me, and this is nothing against Jared Goff, but I don't think he is a good quarterback. He is what you call a system quarterback. And I'd say the same for Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I think Trubisky's athletic ability kind of makes up for some of his uh, insufficiencies. Um, but I think that it, Goff is not a good quarterback because, one, he obviously doesn't know how to read a defense because McVay talks to him until 15 seconds, and then you never see him audible out of anything. You never see him point to anything. You never there's there's never a change of play at the line. With they normally McVeigh cuts off at 15 seconds and then boom hike. Like I think most of the time I saw the play clock like at not eight or nine when they hiked the ball. Like they there was no adjusting anything at the line. So I mean Belichick is so smart. He knew it was coming, and then you so he, it was just I felt like it was just too easy. It was like. 
Belichick read, he saw the tape. He's like, all right, this is what they do. And he stopped it every time. And that's where like a good quarterback, like Aaron Rodgers would go out there and be like, this is what I see. We're going to change to this. All right. And, and golf just doesn't do that. And again, he's still young, but he's getting to the point now where he's got to kind of make that step. Um, and there was just a couple throws too, like wobbly ducks, like no arm strength on some of them. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just not sold on golf. I mean, did he have a good year? Yeah. But look at the talent around him. He had one of the best offensive lines. He got the best running back. Brendan Cooks is one of the best playmaking receivers in football. Woods is a is a dynamic receiver. Um, so to me, you know, and he was put in a good offensive system. Why do you think he was so bad under Fisher? Granted, Fisher is not the best coach, but you know, a good quarterback can kind of make good of a shitty situation. You know, like. Rodgers wasn't in the best situation last year, and he's well this past year, and he still had an okay season. Um, and you, you've, we've seen that with with great quarterbacks. And so, f- to me, I don't think that Golf is a great quarterback because he hasn't made that step. I don't. I wouldn't even say he's good. I would say he is a pure system quarterback. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, freaking Patriots do it again. And like I said, uh, how do you? Let's just enjoy it at this point just enjoy it because it is absolutely insane what the Patriots have done Tom Brady is easily the goat um it's not even a question he's insane I mean people hate on him because he's good but he's been he told him don't bet against against us and that guy that put seven figures down on on the Rams is an idiot because I would never bet against Tom Brady. As, and I know he's lost a ton of Super Bowls, but guess what? He's been there nine times. You're bound to lose one. He's won six of the nine. Okay, And uh, the only ones that can beat him, it seems like, is is the the NFC East. All right, Eli's done it twice, and the Eagles have done it once. So uh, right now, uh, Tom Brady is, is 6-0 and against anybody that's not in the NFC East in the Super Bowl. Um, it's just insane. It's absolutely insane, but that's going to be it for this podcast. Um, this was a good one. Uh, sorry, it's a little boring. I ha- I have some big stuff planned. I- I'm actually going to next episode. Hopefully, I got Master Splinter on here with me, and we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to pick our favorite teams from the new football league, the AAF. So be be on the lookout for that. That should be exciting. Um, and again, I think that I'm going to have that. Uh, golf interview coming for you guys from Leave the Pin, um, Leave the Pin In, I should say, on our next uh, episode as well. So those of you that are golf fans and enjoy golf, you'll enjoy that. And um, that's it. So make sure you share, you subscribe, retweet, tell your friends about it. And uh, we'll be back with you with more content on, hopefully we'll be uploaded on Friday. We'll also premiere the Aaron and Out section. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening. We back and pretty hot. I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love. I don't care.